Hello, everyone. Welcome along to the Event Industry News Podcast. My name's James Dixon. A very good morning, afternoon or evening to our podcast followers, wherever or whenever you are tuning into this particular episode from. Today's podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Engage, powered by D2i Systems, winner of Best Event Management Platform at the 2017 Event Technology Awards. To learn how Engage can make your business more profitable, visit www.d2isystems.com forward slash engage um and on with today's episode um and we're pulling on our lycra um and pulling on our pumps and today we are talking fit living fit living is a two-day fitness and well-being festival launched last year it will take place on the 28th and the 29th of september 2018 for its second run and i'm delighted to say that joining the podcast today is co-founder of fit living ali shake ali thanks for joining the podcast today thank you james so tell us a little bit about the event first of all as i said uh, in a nutshell it's a fitness and well-being festival but if we go along to fit living what can we expect to see um lots of exciting and i think engaging uh, kind of platforms so one of the key things for us when we started thinking about fit living was to really get an engagement from the audience so make it as interactive as possible so the classes are obviously a huge part mm-hmm. um you know we it's, we've been to events before where it's great to see what's out there, but to take part, obviously, just you know, it, it is obviously the, the the best form. So I think people come along. We've got some fantastic classes. We've got new and different types of um, PTs and fitness uh, professionals. We're going to have this year. Um, uh, obviously, we still so we still have our exhibition area, so you can still see some fantastic brands. Mm-hmm. We've got a pop-up restaurant and bar, and then on the beach, which is going to be about 20, 30 meters away, we're going to have a well-being area for yoga, Pilates, meditation, and also some treatments as well. Now, you mentioned beach, so I suppose one thing we should mention to everybody is where does this take place? Bournemouth, Bournemouth, which, and the beach has just been no, uh, voted number one by, on TripAdvisor uh, for the UK, I think fifth in Europe and 14th in the world. So it's a nice kind of accolade to have at the moment. Absolutely, and, and and for anybody who knows that that part of the world, it's a beautiful stretch of coastline. It's it's a great place to go uh, to go and visit uh, for for any for any reason. Um, looking at the event itself, what is your own background in events or in fitness or in both, and and what led you to co-found uh, the event last year? Um, my myself and my business partner, um, our our background is media um, or PR. But obviously, as part of that, we do, you know, we put on a lot of events over the years for different clients. Um, mm-hmm. And when we set up Lineup Media, um, we, about six, seven years ago, one of our clients was Reebok, or is Reebok. Um, and so we got a real introduction to the fitness market, fitness audience. Um, and as the years have gone by, I mean, we, you know, it's, it's, it's ever-changing. Uh, and it's a really, really interesting sector. So last year, or the year before that, so what, 2016, we started thinking, you know what, there's some fantastic events out there that are still currently going, but we felt there was something that we could potentially add, especially down here. Uh, so it kind of started to formulate just us thinking, well, we put on events for clients. That's our experience. We can obviously market it. 
um, and the two kind of came together. Now, I'm I'm pleased that you mentioned a background in in PR in that particular aspect. When I was looking at at the subject matter for this particular episode of the podcast and and I was looking at at what fit living is, um, I, I was curious to ask you whether or not you felt that in the last few years with Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, that through the social media channels that people now have access to nowadays, that the culture of fit living and fitness has changed from what it was to what it is now. There has always been a gym culture. There has always been people who like going to the gym, who, who like working out. There have always been fitness shows, whether they be consumer or trade shows, historic events that people go along to. But I, I feel like there's just a bit of a change and a bit of an advent of almost like a new dawn of of fitness culture of you know your day-to-day joe blogs now actively involved in it and this is why events like this actually have a marketplace a hundred percent i mean this you know with with instagram coming to the forefront obviously it's allowed people to have a platform to really showcase themselves brands they like clothing and i think that has positives and negatives. I think you know the positives are obviously spreading the word. Um, I think, as you say, it kind of gives people a lot of confidence um, about what they're achieving. Shares, you know, they can share their goals. Um, but equally, you know, that that can have a negative connotation to it, where there, you know, as we're reading a lot in the press, there's a lot of. Um, mental health issues yeah. um, surrounding body shaming or not feeling that you are reaching the goals that everyone else is. So it's like everything, positives and negatives, but you're looking at the positives of this, you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, there's some, uh, the brands are taking advantage of this in, in a good way. Um, and something like, you know, for us, Fit Living, as you said, it gives us a platform and a far wider reach to, you know, not just, target and start speaking to people that are already into fitness or into well-being but people that have been toying around with it for years and thinking, oh, i'm not quite sure i found the right program for me or oh, i don't know whether to do it this sometimes gives them the confidence to go you know what i'm going to come along to it i'm going to see what happens and we had a lot of people last year um say to us thank you so much because i didn't even know what that class was i did it i love it and now i'm going to continue so you know it that was what we wanted to achieve. So, yeah, social media certainly plays a, a positive part. L- looking at the actual the, the operations of an event like this, um, it, in many respects, and I've said this time and again on, on the podcast, when it comes to a festival, the actual subject matter and what that festival is about it, it is, it, you can actually sometimes forget that because the actual intricacies and the logistics and the operations of running a festival whether that be a food festival a fitness festival a music festival a gin festival or whatever it may be a beer festival they they all have the same headaches you know you you have different areas that you need to find programming for and content for you have to get people in you have to get people out you have to give them somewhere to go to the toilet you have to give them somewhere to to eat to drink to relax um Approaching that for the first time, as you did last year, even though I'm sure you've probably been involved in in events in some way, shape or form in the past, when it came to actually putting this together as a brand new entity, what were some of the first things on the list that you wrote down when you thought, here are the key elements and this is what we've got to get right? How the hell are we going to do it? 
Uh, I think that was probably the first thing. <laughs> as as you say, um, we've got a we've got far more of an appreciation now when you look at other events to, as you said, what's behind the scenes. Um, I think you know points for us to initially consider were how do we create a point of difference um, because you know we we knew that we were up against um, some fantastic events in in, in London um, in the north of England um, slightly closer to home but smaller but it was like well but what's the difference you know it's all about offering value to people you know as a consumer myself mm. that you know when it comes to choice of doing something you're thinking what's going to offer me something that I, I want personally. Um, so yeah, creating value was, was huge and how do we do that? Um, I think, you know, it sounds an obvious one, but putting on an amazing event, you know, for consumers, exhibitors, and also fitness professionals, you know, this event is all for them, you know, and we need to make sure that you've got all the elements right and they're all different elements. So as you say, it's about content, it's about the areas, it's about the utilities. All of these different things, they, they play a part. And if you get a couple of those wrong, it can, can really cause you problems. Sure. Um, managing costs is uh, obviously a huge, um, a huge one. Uh, it was our first year. As I said, we do have experience of running events, but nothing on this scale. Mm. Um, and we purposely really pushed last year. Um, what we wanted to achieve because it's I'm not going to say it's easier when you put on a big event but when you put if you put on a smaller event you sometimes don't you, you don't know what comes with that mm. so you, you might want to then stretch yourself for the second year but we thought well, yeah, we'll, we'll, push, we'll push ourselves as much as we can for the first year and we learned a lot um, some good some bad um, <laughs> but you know nevertheless it's, it's experience and I think that's what that's what counts um, Cutting through the noise as well, as I said, you know, how do we reach the audience that we wanted to? If they've got a choice of three events, why should they pick out? Yeah. Um, it's not always not, it's not just down to geography. It can be a, a case of, well, I'm looking at their class schedule. That's, that's better than the ones there. So you know what? I'm going to try that. Mm. Um, but the thing is, you know, we're not going to please everybody. Yeah, um, that's impossible. Um, but you know, we are for us. It was about creating or building reputation, and not just a brand. If that makes sense. Absolutely, it does. Yeah, and 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 I suppose before you can even start looking at uh, layout, at content, um, how you're going to get them out. You mentioned that it takes place in Bournemouth, but how and why was that particular location decided upon, and and what? is the actual venue that you use. You mentioned that you've got access to the beach as well, but is this an, in an indoor environment that also has access to an outdoor environment? Is it all outdoors? And, and how and why was Bournemouth selected as that particular, uh, for that particular reason? I mean, we're based, first, we're, firstly, we're based down here. Um, but again, from, you know, being working down here for a number of years and being around, um, you know, because I'm originally not from, from Bournemouth, but, you know, there's a real fitness and well-being um, following down here. Again, I think because of geography, but also Bournemouth itself has a history of going back to Victorian times where it was used by a lot of people from London as a get well um, location. So, you know, so 
even back then, um, being by the sea. So I think it, just that, that kind of message resonated and fitted. As I said, we, we know a lot of people, there's a huge fitness audience down here. Um, in terms of location, we always wanted to have a beach element because, again, looking at that, what makes us different, what makes us unique, we knew that would be something that kind of set us apart. Last year, we used, um, we worked with the Bournemouth International Centre for beer. Yeah. Um, so that was in, in that we had the indoor element there. Fantastic venue. This year, we decided we wanted to change, change it up a little bit because we thought second year, if we don't make a few changes now, by the third year, it might be too late. Yeah. So the area that we're using is outside. It's an amphitheater. Right. About 30 meters from the beach. So it's a kind of a, 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 a specialized space, if you like. Um, but we are going to have um, covered areas. So it's not, it, although it will be outside, it will be undercover. I see. So, so, so a, mi- a, a mixture. So you've got that outdoor feeling that's creeping in, but inevitably you're going to have to have one eye on the weather element of it and, and have a contingency in place so that things can still go ahead in the event of bad weather. Exactly. I think, you know, we're, we live in the UK. There is nothing, you know, look at what we've had over the last few weeks. Um, it's always going to be a challenge, always going to be a challenge. But as you said, I think contingencies are having covered areas, um, but also thinking, right, if we do, we're at the moment, we are going to have the majority of our fitness, main fitness stage open, kind of uh, that, um, yeah, because, you know, we want that uh, alfresco kind of feeling. Yeah. We want people to be outside. And I'll come on to how we've changed it up a little bit this year. But we do have, we are looking at the option to have a cover. If we know the weather's going to be bad, to have something which we can pull over. So, you know, we're we're trying our best to look at all the potential issues and challenges. Mm. But ultimately, we we just have to kind of hope for the best, I suppose. But, you know, the 28th and 29th of September was, was really, really good last year in terms of weather. Yep. Um, we just have to hope for that again. Uh, hand in hand, I'm guessing, with, with, with running something like a, a, a fitness and well-being festival, is that when you've got people there working out en masse, if you will, um, and you've got stages with instructors on, you're going to have sound systems, you're going to have audio, you're going to have lighting. With that comes noise. In order to put that on, you're going to need power. You're going to need staging of some description. Um, when it came to actually the, the, the beginning of that, licensing it and putting it, putting the idea forward to um, presumably the local authority that you've got to sit down with and say, here's what we propose to do. How forthcoming were they with the idea and, and how much tweaking was there with the initial event last year to make it compatible with what they wanted to do from a licensing point of view? So, um, as I said, we worked with the BIC last year for the in term for the the area that was indoors, but we did work with Bournemouth Council and Bournemouth Bournemouth Tourism for the beach area. Mm -hmm. So they were already aware of us. They already knew us, what we were, what we were all about. Um, And last year was great. Really, really good to work with them, actually. Um, And, you know, Bournemouth as a tourist destination is, you know, it's, it's well known. But like any council and tourists, they want to bring more influx and more football into the town. So they were, they were really, really helpful because they understood right. the benefits of showcasing where we were and what we were all about. And as I said, we, we're, we're the only fitness festival certainly in this, this, this area. Um, 
as you say, what we've done this year is because a lot more of it's outside, we've had to consider a lot more in terms of noise, as you say. Um, you know, how that, that will impact on how we set up the event in the initial stages. Mm. Um, so working very closely with the guys on the seafront, with tourism, with the council. But as I said, you know, Touchwood at the moment, they've been really, really helpful because I think they see the value in what we're offering. You know, this yeah. isn't just about us saying, we want to put on an event, we want to make money. It's not just about that. It's about giving people uh, a really, really good time but showcasing the town as well. So, yeah, they understand that. And I said they've been really, really helpful. Well, when it's come to planning the, 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 I suppose, the technical infrastructure of it then, have you been able to, to you will have to go out and source suppliers to, to do all of that, but have you, once you've actually done that, have you utilised their technical knowledge by way of helping to plan some of these elements? So with this outdoor side of things and, and an element of noise control having to, to, to come into play, presumably, um, how closely have you worked with your, your various contractors to start planning those elements and drawing their expertise? Um, I think, I mean, that's, that's, again, one of the things that we learned from last year, working with people that kind of really share your vision. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that I'm sure just want to work with you because you're going to pay their, their fee and that's it. So we're, again, we're really lucky. We've been introduced or we've met or have worked already with people that really want to help us. So as you said, this isn't about us dictating to them. This is about us saying, look, guys, this is what we want to achieve. What's the best way to do it? Sure. So they've been, you know, they're, they're integral because they might actually say, look, we know you're, you want to do this, <laughs> but our, uh, our, our you know, advice would actually be just tweak it a little bit and why not do that? So, yeah, we work hand in hand with these guys. Ultimately, it's our decision because a lot of bearing has to come down to cost. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, it's massive, massively important. Um, not just with the guys that are putting on, you know, creating the event, but we've got a lot. We've had a lot of uh, conversations. And we're getting a lot of support from fitness professionals who, again, are introducing us to people that we don't know or are new to the scene mm-hmm. and want to make their mark. Uh, and this is a perfect forum and platform for them to do it on. So again, it's, it's, you know, we're giving people something back as well and i think that's it it's kind of a bit of give and take um i i would guess that the, the, the move from within the international center to this amphitheater and, and, and the sort of the semi-outdoor location means that visually it's going to be presented in quite a different way than visitors who came to last year's event will will familiarize themselves with. So they'll have got used to the layout over two days last year. They'll come back this year, it'll be totally different. As a result of that, are you conscious about numbers uh, and will you be increasing the size of the event or are you going to keep it round about the same sort of size and then look to get bigger given the change of, of location, if you will? Yeah, no, fair point. I think, yeah, I think we've had to, the event last year did give us a far bigger space and footprint. We knew by doing what we're doing this year, it's, a small, it's going to be a smaller event, but we feel that the impact that we can offer through um, how we're planning it, what we've got um, to kind of, I suppose, the performance and the theatre of it will be just as big and also be a lot more inclusive, if you like. Because I think it doesn't matter how much you plan something, you can't plan for atmosphere. You yeah. can't plan for how people are going to interact. 
you think you can. Um, and last year, there were just certain areas or pockets which didn't work as well for us. So this year, we've taken a lot of feedback from the audience and exhibitors, as I said, from fitness professionals, and we thought, right, we're going to structure it. So we've added in a bit of a B2B element this year called FitBiz. Right. Um, where we're wanting to give a bit of value back to certain PTs or people in the industry that want to know how to market their brand or how to get more clients, something like that. But again, getting really well-known people from the industry to come talk to them. So that's the value that we're kind of giving them. It's not we're not we're not calling it a networking event because we don't necessarily like networking as such. You know, mm. let's say how it's very difficult for some people to network. It's more of a social kind of learning seminar for B2B sure. uh, audience. Then we've got Fit Mix, literally straight after from 4, uh, 4 p.m. until 10 p.m. And this is really exciting for us because, again, one of the pieces of feedback that we had last year is that people love the high intensity, the, the really cool soundtracks. So what we're trying to do this year is bringing in that element, getting in some really cool DJs who we're going to be announcing play alongside some of these fitness professionals mm. and putting together that night all the classes will be dance focused you know club aside so we're going to have a really light nice light display we're going to have glow sticks so if you yeah. imagine sun's going to go down about half seven ish you know it's going to be that kind of ibiza vibe people are going to be outside and you're going to have all the lights on and that's the energy that's the energy that we yeah. really want to create you're going to be by the beach so you're going to have that kind of that 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 smell if you like you know and we really you know that's really exciting for us because it's something different uh yeah. to showcase and then on the saturday um we've got the fit living closer to what it was last year but still as exciting still as different and uh, i mean one thing i was going to say is is that when it comes to financing if that's the right word in an event like this and and budgeting for it you know a, a lot of festivals that they will look on things like well the ticket sales is their primary source of income and then you will have things at a music festival like the food concessions who pay a price to come and have a pitch there for the money that they're going to then make over that the course of that weekend now given the nature of your audience i would guess that there is potentially a big marketplace for suppliers and companies of all shapes and sizes uh, and, and offerings to come along and pay to be at this you know when we think about the major um, gym and fitness club operators um, uh, sports brands whether that be clothing or, or nutrition or anything like that th th there's obviously a marketplace for this here and, and is something that you can presumably tap into or or look to tap into to help bring revenue in to support the event yeah exactly i think you know as you say there there are limited revenue streams for us. Um, I think last year was quite difficult because we, it was the first year. Mm. People obviously want something proven. Um, but, you know, as I said, we had a lot of brands that believed in what we were doing, um, supported us, brands that we're speaking to again this year. So it kind of obviously showed that they, they did see value from that. Um, so I think, yes, exhibitors is a key area for us. We're speaking to some great brands at the moment. We're, we're looking for more. Um, sponsorship. Uh, in terms of the different areas, obviously that's going to be key. Ticket sales, as you kind of mentioned, but I think we all, we don't want to necessarily rely on ticket sales at this stage. Mm. I think you know, with an event like this, in terms of the planning, you've got to think, well, how am I going to put on the event um, yeah. now? And then ticket sales are almost that kind of bonus. Sure. Um, 
food, I think food is, is a key one for us. It's not going to be the major uh, driver, but um, what we offer to the audience in terms of, yeah, yeah, the food, the drink, that has to be key for us. So that, that to a degree will, will help finance, but it's not going to be a huge part. But, but we've got lots of sponsorship opportunities still. Um, we are speaking to a few brands. So, yeah, if there's anyone out there that's interested in learning more, um, obviously they can contact um, us directly, uh, and I'll give you all the details at the end as well. Absolutely. Well, when it when when you were looking ahead uh, to to launching the event last year, and indeed from you know beyond that this year as well, and since the twenty seventeen event, um, have you visited other festivals and events, fitness or or, or you know completely related, unrelated, um, to see what they're doing, how they're setting things out, how they're actually planning the layouts, how they're actually getting people in and out, car parking, hotels. You know what other event industry experience have you drawn on um to sort of further your own uh, knowledge um i think yeah i think you know we, we did visit a lot of the events last year um because obviously to see what they were doing they've got experience um i'm not sure whether everyone will, will agree but i think sometimes if you if you're looking too hard at your competitors you tend to maybe not even consciously so follow a similar path or think right. it works yeah. for them offer and it doesn't challenge you. So I think it's a double, it can be a double-edged sword. I think we, we, do, we do want to be conscious, but then it's like, well, you know what? We're a different festival. We are fit living. We're not going to follow anyone else. So everything that we're coming up or we're trying to do does stem from just maybe a little bit of, things need shaking up a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we want to try something. And if we can be that, if we can be, an event which we, um, yeah, we're the ones messing around and sampling and change. And people look at us and think, I like what they're doing. I'm going to do it. Great, fantastic. Um, but yeah, I think we, you know, we, we do, again, this is where we rely on our suppliers. So they're the ones that say, look, we, we've been doing an event. We saw this is an issue. You might want to reconsider this. So again, going back to one of the initial questions, a lot of it is just, um, yeah, working very closely with these guys who have more experience than us. Uh, and I guess if you've got a very, very clear vision of what you want to achieve, of what you want to see visually, of, of, of how you want that atmosphere to be, I guess that makes the job easier and, and you have less of a requirement to go out and see what other people are doing if you have such a clearly defined vision, which you guys seem to have. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's it. You know, it's scary. I think with any, when you're trying to do something different, or you're setting up a company or setting up an event, there's a certain amount of belief that you've got to have um, uh, stubbornness just to kind of think, you know, I'm going to just keep, keep going down this road. And yeah, and I think, you know, we are, we're certainly very passionate about what we're, what we're offering. Uh, we know, as you say, the end vision that we want to create, what that ultimately looks like, we get to see, but we know what we want to achieve. I think that's, uh, that's, that's key with anything. You have all these people coming down to the festival for two days. Um, now, uh, uh, at the moment, uh, it's not uh, the same as a, as a, as a two-day music festival where you may have camping. We, we won't see a load of, um, of fitness people or, or people working out and then camping in tents on the beach in Bournemouth. Where are they all going to stay? Uh, and what relationship have you had with a, a local accommodation? And how much of a headache was that to actually sort out where everybody is going to stay? Or do you very much just leave that into the hands of the people? people who are buying the tickets 
Yeah, I think, you know, with people buying the tickets last year, we certainly said, look, here's how you get down. Here's, we did, we did give them links to different hotels, but we didn't have a hotel partner mm -hmm. last year. <clears throat> this year, we are going to offer a partnership. So we are going to have something on the website soon, which is, it's not a retreat as such, but if people want to come down from uh, London, down from Scotland, Wales, wherever, we are going to offer um, a hotel package along with the tickets. Mm -hmm. So that will be on the website soon. Um, so there will be that opportunity. Okay. And is there any plan, you know, it, it, it is a fitness and wellbeing festival. Is there any plan in future where you could envisage, you know, having that sort of music festival style scenario where everybody, you know, takes part in the sessions and stuff during the day, has a great time in the evening and then all, all retreats to their tents in the evening in a field? I'm just going to say watch this space. I think this is something that I think the beauty of what we're doing is there's scope for so much hmm. um, to kind of integrate different elements of other events into fitness. Um, it's not exclusive anymore. And I think, you know, people, it's, fitness is more about a lifestyle now, yeah. not yeah. about saying, well, I work out every day, I do X amount of classes. It's actually how you live. And I think people are as interested in going to a fitness um, festivals or events as they are against music uh, events now so yeah there's a real opportunity for for us and, and other other brands yeah and, and i think you're, you're absolutely right and, and on that subject i think that um as much as they, they will go to festivals like this um as much as music festivals what this also does is the advent of of other types of festivals serving other subject matters um for suppliers as well as also open the door you know suddenly they're not all just constrained to fighting over the business for for music festivals and, and what we would traditionally think of as a festival but you know we see more and more food festivals cropping up drinks festivals as well fitness festivals you know any area of interest or hobby or activity now has a festival or a major event over a period of days that, that serves them and i think what that's doing is it's opening up more doors for everybody in the uh, in the events industry exactly and i think as a brand uh, or brands as well are when they've been doing something for two three four years they're potentially meeting the same people it's mm. under the same kind of infrastructure. Are they building another audience outside of that? So I think actually offering something where they think, you know what? Yeah, we could start marketing to this. It's a new audience. You know, we're tweaking something. So again, this is something which we were, when we started speaking to a few brands, that's what they most interested them. Well, that was, uh, yeah, of interest to them most because they were thinking, you know what? We've done this now. Let's try something different. Um, so as you said, you know, it's the, the more that's out there, the more opportunity for, the, for them to engage with a, a wider audience. And uh, if people want to find out uh, about Fit Living, um, give us the website address to tell us how people can, uh, can get in touch with you. Uh, well, www.fitlivinguk.com. <laughs> yep. Uh, and you can go on there, find out a bit more about us, uh, and then go um, order tickets as well, book your tickets. We have got early bird at the moment. Um, so tickets are anywhere between £10 and £25. Um, uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter as well. All the all the usual platforms. I've absolutely all the no doubt. Usual.
given your own background. And we've been talking today to uh, Ali Sheikh on the podcast. Ali is the co-founder of Fit Living, a two-day fitness and wellbeing festival that takes place down in Bournemouth on the 28th and the 29th of September this year. And um, yeah, just, just, just proving, I suppose, that uh, there is so, uh, uh, the event industry is sometimes much wider than, than we see it. Ali is going to face all of the same issues and uh, headaches and question marks with, with his event as music festivals, as gaming festivals, as food festivals will, uh, will no doubt encounter. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of you listening in and tuning into the podcast will have em- empathy and uh, be able to actually offer something into the mix if, uh, if Ali ever needed your help. So, uh, so do get in touch. It's, it's good to see people talking to each other. Ali, thanks very much for, uh, for joining the podcast today. And the podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Engage, powered by D2I Systems, winner of Best Event Management Platform at the 2017 Event Technology Awards. To learn how Engage can make your business more profitable, visit d2isystems.com forward slash engage. Don't forget to stay up to date with all of the latest news from eventindustrynews.com and get any questions and comments about what's happening in the industry to us via Twitter using at event news blog. We are also on Facebook and Instagram as well. Just search for event industry news. And it brings us to a nice conclusion on today's event. Ali, all the best for uh, Fit Living 2018. Very best of luck. And hopefully we'll speak to you again on the podcast in the future to find out how things are progressing and how it is growing into a, a behemoth of a festival. That would be fantastic. Thank you, James. Not a problem at all. Thanks to all of our followers for tuning in whenever or wherever you've tuned in to us from. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Event Industry News podcast. Goodbye. Goodbye.